Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Ola. Heavenly Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit that is upon him now bring your word to us all. That every word that he speaks we will be according to your will. We just thank you for him and we thank you for the word. In Jesus' name. Amen. You holding the mic? Yeah. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Grateful to be alive. Um, you know, the many things we take for granted. Waking up in the morning, going to the shower unassisted, putting on your own clothes. And you hear of a tragic situation where people slept. And whilst they were sleeping, the buildings collapsed. And we're talking of thousands of thousands of people. So whatever you're going through, always put things in perspective. The people in worse situation than you are. So those the, some of the people that died owned businesses. They had plans. But the life of man is like vapor. Their parents for a while, and faded away very quickly. This morning, I just want us to bring our hearts before the Lord in thanksgiving. The many things we take for granted, many, many, many things. But this morning, maybe you've not had the opportunity of giving thanks to God in the past week, but this morning, let's offer him thanks. You might be wondering, what is it that I need to thank God for? Thank God for the gift of life. Thank him for salvation. Thank him for sight. Thank him for appetite. Thank him for food. Thank him for clothes. Thank him for shelter. Thank him for family. Thank him for friends. Thank him whether you're married, you're single. In everything, the word of God commands us to give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning us. So, Lord, this morning we want to say thank you. We thank you for everyone that you've brought to this church this morning. Lord, regardless of the challenges of life, the stage of life, the storm they're in, this morning as a body we say thank you. Thank you for the salvation of our souls. Thank you for the gift of a sound mind. Thank you for eyes that see. Thank you for ears that hear. Even the ears that don't hear properly, we still offer you thanks. For sight that we can't see properly, but we still offer you thanks, oh God. Thank you that our feet can, can support our weight, oh God. Thank you for a roof of our heads. And Lord, we just lift up Turkey again before you. And we just cry out for mercy. Lord, that used to be, the part of it used to be the old Antioch that we read about in the Bible. And we just cry out for mercy. And Lord, as many as you have ordained to use in this end time that are still under the rubble, Lord, would you preserve them till they're found. Send your mighty angels, grant them divine visitation. Lord, we ask for angelic assistance to pull men and women out, children, by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen.
All over the world The Spirit is moving All over the world As the prophet said it will be All over the world There's a mighty revelation Of the glory of the Lord As the waters cover the sea Right here in our midst the Spirit is moving Right here in our midst As the prophet said it will be Right here in our midst there's a mighty revelation of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. There's nothing new under the sun. Seasons come and seasons go. When we look through scriptures, famine is not near. Abraham had to flee to Egypt to survive. Isaac in his time also wanted to go to Egypt, but the spirit restrained him. He heard the voice of God say, stay in the land. We go on to Jacob in his time. He sent his sons to go and buy grain in Egypt. And by divine providence, his son whom he thought he had lost was the prime minister. God had prepared him to preserve posterity. We're living in a time of famine around the globe. But there's affirming that many of us are are oblivious of. And in the book of Amos chapter 8 verse 11 is the farming of God's word. It says the days are coming declares the sovereign Lord when I'll send a farming through the earth not a farming of food or thirst but the hearing of the word of God. And we see playing out. We have a scenario on, on hand now where it's the issue of God's gender. The father. We're talking of the father. Where people are now debating, why is he father? That's what we've come to. And it's as a result of the farming of God's word. Where men are trying to figure out, is this what we should be you know, it shouldn't, even be, it shouldn't be a debate in the first place, but it's come to that. You have spiritual famine, a season of dryness, where men and women used to pray, churches where there used to be evening gathering to pray, 
but now the churches are being sold and converted to flats. Financial farming, lack. You see a great divide. Some have too much, and others have barely, very little to go by. And there's a health, there's a farming of health, health challenges, where people are going through prolonged period of illness. And the systems that we trust in, thank God for the NHS, but it's starting to creak. We're seeing pressure day after day. And when we talk of economic famine, we see it all over the globe. It's happening right in our time and day. You've seen on unprecedented scales all manner of strikes, job cuts, artificial intelligence. And for more than ever before as Christians, this is the time to know our God. This is the time to know our God. Because what will happen is if you're not hooked onto God, if, if your anchor is not hooked onto God, you'll get sucked in. And situations like this brings fear. It brings gloominess. It brings darkness to the hearts of men. Men begin to panic. Even Jesus said, when I come back, will I find faith in the earth? Because men are starting to think, what's the way out? And one of the quick, easy getaway calls that the enemy has introduced now is just take your life. If someone is feeling unwell and it's gone on for a bit too long, just take your life. Just go and see the doctor, they will help you out. And you've seen a lot of that. It's happening in Canada, it's become a very big thing in Canada now. So people are traveling to take their own lives. And this is where the church should come in. This is where our prayers will count. This is where we weakness and will come in. The things that we're particular about, when we stand before God, it will pale into insignificance. When we stand before God, he's not going to ask you, so how many properties did you manage to buy? Did you go to Harvard? Did you go to Yale? Those things will, you know, thank God for them. It does help, but it shouldn't be the be-all and the end-all. Everything should have its perspective. When Daniel found himself in Babylon, very skillful man, but his focus was still on God. And a point came, they said, no, you can't pray for 30 days, no prayers to any other God, but bow down to this idol. Guess what he did? He opened his windows. It's good enough for him to still pray, but he was so bold, he said, let them see me, because I know in whom I've believed. He stood for his God. But what does God, what is God's provision? What is God saying about the famine? 
When you look at the book of Job, chapter 5, verse 22, he says you will laugh at destruction and farming, and you do not need to fear the wild animals. It's happening around you, but God has made a way of escape. But the word of God, how do you receive it? Is it just another nice to read? Or is it the anchor of your soul? When push comes to shove, will your anchor hold in the storms of life? A lot of times we think, oh, I'll just do this, I'll do that, and that's me done. But what is the real essence for why God has allowed you to still be around? No matter the challenges, the tragedy, the stuff that we go through, is for a purpose. When we look at the account of Job's life, even with all what he went through, he said, I know that my Redeemer liveth. Psalms 33, verses 18 to 19. This is what the word of God to you this morning. He says, Behold, the eyes of the Lord is upon them that fear him, and upon them the hope in his mercy to deliver their soul from death and to keep them alive in farming. That's God's word to you. Mercy is not just for the sinner. Mercy is awful for the believer. Because the word of God says his mercies are new every morning. Each day when you wake up, ask God for mercy. Receive the portion of the mercy that God has released for each day. Every 24 hours, there is a new mercy being released. The fact that your life is the mercy of God. On the same road you travel, you see reeds laid by the roadside. That means somebody actually lost their life. And what makes you better than that person? It says, what is it that you have that you've not received? And if you've received it, why do you glory as if you've not received it? Has anyone ever seen a bird with one wing flying? Have you ever seen one? Or seen a plane with a wing, just one wing? So who is God to you? Many in this room will say, oh, he's my savior. What else is God to you? Psalm 27 verse 1. It says, the Lord is my light and salvation. The Lord is my light and my salvation, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life, of whom shall I be afraid? A lot of times we see God as our Savior, but we don't see him as our light. Now, we're in a season of unprecedented darkness. But what, what, what purpose is light when, it, when it's not dark? You can only appreciate darkness, uh, light when there's darkness. 
And we've come into that season where it's getting very dark. So as believers, this is where we come into our own. Just like the prophetic word that Andrea received from Bobsey and, um, was it Joanna? The prophetic word was God is preparing you to lead people out of the wilderness, right? Imagine you were, they didn't see you as a Christian. So imagine you'd allow the challenges of life to keep you from letting your light shine. Those people will still be in their struggle. Some under your watch will maybe one day decide to take their life. But because you're allowing your light to shine. Psalm 60, uh, Isaiah 60 says, Arise, shine, for thy light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon thee. Verse 2 says, See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. He says, Nations will come to thy light. And kings to the brightness of your dawn. When it's very dark, midnight, the room that you're very familiar with, you still need light to find certain things. The, when light shows up, darkness disappears. Darkness doesn't start to negotiate, oh, I'll keep half of the room. And light, you can have the other half. Darkness disappears. Now, in this room, there are different lights. There's a fluorescent bulb. There's a regular bulb. You've got the light of the sun. You've got the light of the moon. It comes in different wattage as well. So 20 watts, 50, 100. You've got the halogen light. You've got the floodlight in the stadium. Of those lights, what do you represent? Let your light shine that others may see your good work and glorify the Father. Jesus categorically stated, it says, I am the light of the world. And when we go through challenges, the enemy seeks to keep us in a dark room. He starts to suggest the worst end. You can't make it. It can't happen. You failed at this. You would fail again. He starts making all manner of suggestion. But I want to say to you this morning, regardless of what you're facing, you're still light. The enemy will want to make you see yourself anything but the light of God. So I'm holding in my hand a 10 pound note, yeah? What am I holding? If I put in water and bring it out, it's still, regardless of what you're going through, you are still light. 
Don't let the enemy deceive you. Because he's a liar. He's a deceiver. He makes you to look at what you're dealing with and not see yourself in the light of who God says you are. This morning, be reminded you are the light of the world. Jesus says, I am the light. But he goes on in, in, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 14, ye are the light of the world. Just like this 10-pound note. Whether you're, the things you're trusting God for has come to pass or not, you are still light. Whether you're struggling to pay your bills or you've, man, you've been able to pay your bills, you're still light. Whether someone has said something horrible about you, something very bad about you, you're still light. Be reminded this morning, just like this 10-pound note, if I throw it on the floor, stamp my feet on it, it is still a 10-pound note. It is still a 10-pound note. And what the enemy does is this. All these thoughts that he brings, the whole essence is to cover you in darkness, for you to lose your identity. Because if you go out, you don't know. Has any, each time you go into the house and you switch on the light bulb, right? You put on, you, you, you flick the light bulb, uh, the switch. Do you, do you have to pray for the, for the light to come on? When you see the fish in the sea, or you, you buy a, a, a goldfish and you put it in a bowl, do you pray for it to swim? It just swims. When you see a dog and it barks, do you start thinking, oh, there's something awkward here? It's designed to do that. You are light. And all you just have to do is shine. Unless you have that consciousness, the enemy will keep defeating you. He will make you keep going round in circles. Oh, you remember what you did yesterday? You didn't do that so well. You said this and you made that mistake. And he tries to confuse you. But you're still light. You are still light. Remember the story of David. David was anointed by the prophet Samuel. Samuel came and said, look, this is the Lord's anointed. Well, the brothers were paraded. I said, no, 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 no. It, do you have any other sons? Say, yeah, there's that one at the back end of the desert. He said, well, no one's going to sit down until he arrives. Regardless of how you see yourself, the most important thing, how does God view you? When David, come, when David arrives, he's anointed. Well, I would expect by the following year or within two years or six months, he'll be the king of Israel. Guess what? He went through a process. In this day and age, people have said he's a false prophet. Samuel's a false prophet. He prophesied. He anointed him. God said, he said, oh, God sent him to come and anoint him to be king. Two years, three years, five years, seven years. When is he going to be king? That Samuel is a false prophet. 
or the account of Joseph. Joseph had a, dr a series of dreams. It wasn't like someone had a dream and came to speak to him. He had a series of dreams. And the Lord said to him, he had the vision of the sun, the moon, the stars bowing down to him. Did it happen straight away? Guess what? He was sold into slavery. They stripped him of his robe of many colors. Then he was sold into slavery. And then he faced all manner of accusations, found himself in prison. If it were you, by now you'd be saying, maybe I got it wrong. Maybe it was just a figment of, my, of my imagination. If the people he shared, in fact, his brother said to him, when they were selling him, said, let's see how his dreams will come through. What has God said to you? Even though you may not see the manifestation right now, what is it that God has said or has been saying to you? Because of the passage of time, think, ah, it's not going to happen again, forget it. Maybe I got it wrong. But that's why it's important to stay in the word. When you allow the word of God to fill your heart, to overwhelm you, you begin to shine. There's a story, there's a, my, my spiritual mentor, years ago, he said to this elderly lady, this woman had lost her husband. At the time, she was in her 60s, had grown up children. And he said to her, the Lord spoke to me that you're going to get married. So the woman just looked and laughed and said, with everything I've gone through, who, he said, no one is even looking at me. She was already in her 60s, remember that. But because the Lord spoke, because the Lord spoke, this elderly man came around. He was a widower and said, I want to marry you. So when that word came, she went to my mentor and said, oh, somebody has approached me. He gave her hand in marriage. She was in her late 60s, and they've been married for over 20 years. They're in their 80s now because of the word of the Lord. When you begin to shine as light, you will be amazed at the things that would happen to you. There's an attraction. When it rains, you see the moth gather around a bulb, a light bulb you will, begin, will become an attraction. How do you remain as light? The first thing, salvation. The second is reading the word of God. You know, knowledge is light. In the book of Daniel, it says, those that know their God, they shall be strong and they shall do exploit. Not those that know about their God. Those that know their God. Meditate on the word. I've said this a number of times. If you know how to worry, then you have the ability to meditate. 
When you can sit there and think, oh, if this doesn't happen, if that money doesn't come in, if that bill is not paid, then, this is, then the bailiffs will come around and you've imagined all manner of scenarios. If you can do that, then you have the ability to meditate. Whenever you're faced with a crisis, ask the Holy Spirit to lead you into God's word and find the scripture that addresses that situation. Because forever, O oh Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Many things will pass away, but not the word of God. Position yourself in the place of worship. Spend time in God's presence. We'll read the account of a man called Moses. After his encounter with the Lord, what happened to his face? It shone like sunlight. The people could not behold his face. In fact, they requested he had to put a veil over his face. If you start taking time to worship God, whether it's 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, an hour, sometimes just sit down, lie down, be still in his presence. You will be amazed what comes upon you. And people will begin to say, there's something about you. We see something about your radiance. The time we spend in God's presence releases God's glory. Did you know that the moon has no, sun of it, has no light of its own? The moon positions itself at an angle to the sun and begins to reflect the light of the sun. If you will position yourself in God and begin to radiate God. Some might say, oh, that is, that's all well and good. But I don't know how to do that. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a first step. When I first became a Christian, one, the first thing I learned was to give thanks. So when you're faced with a situation, you don't know what to do, you don't know how to pray, Lord, I want to thank you. I just want to thank you for your faithfulness. I want to thank you for your loving kindness. Lord, I thank you for your divine plans and purposes for my life. I remember I had to write a 6,000-word essay. And it was getting close to the deadline. And the enemy was just throwing all manner of, ah, you, you, you won't be able to complete this. Ah, it's not going to happen. You won't get an extension. You've asked for an extension before. It's not going to happen. So I began to give God thanks. And I received the word that I was going to pass that module anyway. So I said, Lord, I thank you that I've passed this module. Lord, I just give you praise. I don't know how you're going to do it, but Lord, I'm thanking you for the wisdom and the understanding. And he prompted my heart. He put someone on my heart to call. One of my call and I, I, I rang this guy. I said, yeah, I'm happy to have a catch up with you. And things began to come together. I submitted that assignment 11.59 p.m. <laughs> One minute before deadline. The mercy of God attended to me. 
Now, every, just about 30, I could have submitted 30 minutes before then, but the whole thing went haywire. I had to get my son involved to help me, you know. But God's mercy attended to me. When it was all going wrong, I could have just said, well, it's all over now. Let me just admit that this didn't work this time. Though the word came, but it just, it just didn't happen. But God's mercy attended to me. Declare to yourself, I am the light of the world. I have the light of God in me. I will overcome every darkness. The light in this room will not light up the bathroom. Every room has a light of its own. Our lives are in various compartments. So there's a light you require for relationship. There's a light you require for finances. There's a light you require for the work that you do or studies. Light. And every, each time, come to the Holy Spirit and ask him to light you up. Romans 13, 12 says, The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 5 says, Ye are, ye are all children of light, children of the day. I don't know what you've had to contend with or what you're contending with. How, if you've allowed your light to go dim. But this morning, there's, there's good news. There's hope. Micah 7 verse 8 says, Do not glot over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. So we're going to rise up and pray this morning. And our prayer is, Father, enlighten my darkness. That area where the enemy has been saying, it's not going to happen, where you've become so worried, you've become anxious, you've cast off restraint and like, it's not working. This morning, invite the light of God. In the midst of your challenges, God still expects you to be light to others. You might be going through that tough situation, but in the midst of it, God still expects you to pray for others. God still expects you to minister his love to others. Don't allow what you're dealing with. You're, he says, when you pass through the valley, you're not going to stay there forever. It's only a passage. Don't allow it to put you down. Don't allow it to get you into depression. The word of God says, Though weeping may endure the night, but joy comes in the morning. Your morning of joy has come. God has a great plan. Whatever you are doing right now, he still has plans to use you there. It might be taking you somewhere else. And if you'd allow your light to shine, he can upgrade you from a 20 watt to 50 to 100 to a flood light till you begin to glow like the sunshine and bring glory to his name.
And through your life, multitudes will come into the kingdom. There's a way that you allow God to walk in you without saying words. People can just see something of Jesus on your face. And they come to you and ask you the question, how come you're so calm? How come, you're so, how come you always have kind words? Why is it that you don't get angry in situations, difficult situations? Because you've allowed the light of God to shine. So should we rise on our feet this morning as we collect our children? <laughs> Sorry? <laughs> ah!